Let's pray. Father, thank you so much tonight for all that you want to do and all that you want to accomplish. Lord Jesus, we're honored, we're humbled that you would choose to come, that you would use us, that you desire to speak through us, that you desire to have us a part of your mission, Father God. And as we sing songs to your glory, as we sing songs of praise to you, may we be reminded, Father, of what it will be one day in eternity as we sing songs forever for you, our God and our King. Lord, no matter what our circumstances look like, no matter what our week has looked like, no matter what activities or what things or, or relationships or conflict or anything has looked like, Father, I pray tonight that as we open your word that you would speak to us. Father, we're hungry for you. In a real and powerful way, we pray, Father, that you would show up and that you would do incredible things, that you would make miracles here tonight, that you would speak to our hearts, Father God, that we may go out and be influencers, ready to affect the world, to affect change, to speak in our communities, to speak to our friends, our families. Father God, may you use us in mighty and powerful ways. Would you start tonight in our hearts? Jesus, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for dying for us. Jesus, you are our King and you are our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. It is exciting to be with you guys, to be worshiping God with you, to be sharing from his word with you guys tonight. It's super exciting to whenever we get a chance to come and worship together and feel the presence of the Lord. If we haven't met, my name is Stallion. That's what my friends call me. And I'm excited to be wrapping up this series tonight with you guys called Influencer. Now, we've been in this for a while, and so sometimes sometimes it, it, it's different feelings. Sometimes we get uh, sad when we leave a series. Sometimes we're like, okay, we're ready to move on. Um, and so I'm not sure how you feel tonight, but I will say this. It's always a little bittersweet. We're excited about what's next, um, but also excited to, to wrap things up a little bit, to find some closure. And we've been talking for the last couple of weeks with different speakers and different people in this room about what it means to be an influencer. And if you remember all the way from the first week, from the first night, we said that every single person in this room is both in, an influencer and has influenced others. Like you've both received influence and you have influenced others. Think about something that someone has convinced you to do before. Maybe it was a good idea, maybe it was a bad idea. But think about sometimes when someone has convinced you to, to buy something or try something or eat something. I'll never forget when I had this uh, small group, I forget which which small group it was, but, but it was a small group that I had. We were meeting at Buffalo Wild Wings on Tuesday afternoons, because on, or Tuesday evenings. On Tuesday evenings, they had 25-cent wings or 50-cent wings. I forget what it was now. It was just an incredible deal. Bone-in wings, obviously, because otherwise they're just big chicken nuggets. And so we were over there at Buffalo Wild Wings, and of course, they had the Blazing Challenge. And I don't know if you've ever been there before, if you've been to Buffalo Wild Wings for the Blazing Challenge. I forget all the specifics and all the details, but essentially this, your goal is to eat as many of these wings as they gave you, something along the lines of probably a dozen of their most hot wings, and you had to eat them in a certain amount of time without taking any breaks or you can take breaks, but you had to keep going and keep, keep getting it under their time. Uh, I forget if you're allowed to drink water or not, but, but I remember that one of our guys was kind of curious about the challenge, and he was reading about the details in the menu. I could tell that he probably really didn't want to do this, but as he was reading it, the guys were like, dude, are you going to do the blazing challenge? Now, this is like sixth and seventh grade boys, and so I expected them to, to put a little bit of peer pressure. I didn't expect this guy to actually commit. And he looked at it, and he read it, and he goes, I'll do it. And so this is where, as a small group leader, I had to step in. I said, hey, my man, listen, let me just, let me just, let's, let's talk for a second. I said, you don't have to do this. 
Like, like, I got your back. If, you, if you're not sure, if you don't know. And I could kind of see that he was like kind of thinking and kind of wrestling with the idea. But the more his buddies were saying, dude, this will be incredible. This will be awesome. They, they started to read through one of the, some of the perks that you get. I think you get like a t-shirt. Um, they bring out like this whole big like red siren that comes out. They bring you a glass of milk to help you when it's done because we think that we like can eat hot things and then magically drink milk and it all goes away in an instant. Not the case. And so they convinced this dude to do the blazing challenge. He said he liked hot stuff. He said he liked hot wings. And he got about two wings in. I could tell this was not going to end well. And he started going, and we were cheering him on. And for two minutes straight, we cheered him. And he ate a wing, and he ate half of another wing. And that was pretty much it for the rest of the 12 minutes. And it was awkward. We tried to cheer him on. We tried to get excited with him. We, we couldn't help him. We couldn't eat wings. But we were just like, come on, man, you got this. Well, he didn't got it. So he didn't win. He didn't make the challenge. And I think that night he learned a valuable lesson. Don't let others influence you into eating blazing hot wings. And we said we've all experienced that where someone has influenced us and convinced us to do something, whether it was wise or not so wise or smart or, or just dumb. We've been, all been at some point or another influenced on. At the same time, we said that we are influencers. We have the ability to influence other people. If you ever convinced someone to do something, and, and maybe you, you help your parents pick out a vacation place, or maybe you kind of like implanted an idea in their head of like, hey, maybe this would be a fun trip. You kind of start like laying brochures around or opening websites and just kind of leaving them and asking questions like, where is Hawaii? And then your parents start talking about it and then you say, that'd be kind of cool for a vacation. And you have to kind of like pose it in a question and influence them and, and affect them to start thinking about those things. Each and every one of us has the power to influence other people. Now, some will have it to different degrees. Some will have like a lot of influence. Some people will be like really good at it. Some people will be like, man, I can't ever convince anyone to do anything. But regardless, every single one of us has influence. So we talked the first night a little bit about the message. We said we have an incredible message. We're going to keep on that theme tonight about the message that we have to influence other people. We said we need to have wisdom. Whenever it comes time to, to influence or be influenced on, we have to make sure we keep wisdom in mind. And we got to go to God's book to find out what's right, what's wrong. And it's not always super e easy to figure out. It's not always evident. Sometimes we have to use wisdom to navigate those gray areas. And Spicy Brycey came and spoke to us. And he said to us, that we have to dream big. We have to be willing to have big dreams, but also still live small in what God has given us. And we can dream big about the influence that we want to have, but we have to be realistic about what God is showing us. And finally, influencers must influence. And that's what we're talking about tonight. But I've been thinking about this concept a lot from the start of this series, but even before then, what about our generation is it that we like to leave reviews? Like, what is it innate in us that likes to leave reviews? reviews about places. And, and typically, or, or it doesn't have to be a place, it can be a thing, an item that we bought. I always try to think, like, what, what is it about the process of leaving that? And I think it has to do with, obviously, the experience. If we have a good or a bad experience, we usually want to post about it. I remember I talked to a friend of mine. I, I, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He reached out to me one day, and he said that he was on Facebook Marketplace, and he found someone in Columbia, in Lexington, who was selling a boat motor. I was like, okay. I'm not dragging. He's like, he's selling a boat motor. I need you to go to this person's house, give them some money, and then I'll drive down later in the day, and I'll give you the money, and we'll go pick up the thing. I was like, this sounds so confusing. <laughs> and he said, no, I just need you. I want to make sure the person doesn't sell it, so you got to go. You got to help me out, Sal. I said, okay. And I said, but you're going to owe me dinner. 
That's like my love language, someone taking me out for dinner. So I said, let's do it. We'll, we'll figure it out. So I drove over to the dude's house, gave him some money. I said, listen, my buddy's crazy. He's coming later to buy this. Here's some money. Hold on to it. And so we gave the guy money. We came back later on. We, we bought the boat motor. And I was like, dude, your car smells like gasoline right now. And he's like, that's all right. Where do you want to go to dinner? I was like, let's go. And so we went to this place. We went to this burger place. I hadn't been there before. And when we sat down, he pulls out his phone. And he starts looking at the reviews. And he starts, I can see he like starts typing on his phone. I'm like, dude, what are you typing? And I don't know if he was on Yelp or like TripAdvisory or one of those websites or one of those apps. And he said, hey, I'm actually like one of the people who's like, like, like I have like um, a status in this app. It's, it's my, my goal is I'm like one of like their gold members. And I leave reviews for people. And because I've left so many reviews, my reviews actually like get bumped to the top and people can actually like trust my review because I've been consistent throughout. I'm just like looking at him like, dude, that is way too much work, okay? Like just eat your fries and, and let's get going on our time hanging out. But it's so curious to me because people, some people are just wired that way. They're, they're into re- leaving reviews. They're into sharing their experience. And I think what happens is whenever you have something to share, that's what prompts you to want to write about it, to want to tell others. If you get an incredible deal, you want to tell other people about it. If you have an incredibly ex- bad experience, you want to tell others about it because you don't want them to have to go through it again. And so whenever something has happened that has stirred enough emotion in us, enough sentiment that, that, that pushes us to want to talk about it, to want to tell others, that's when it prompts us to action. And I think the same thing can happen with our walk and with our relationship with God. You see, if we're growing in our walk with him, if we're growing in our faith, if we're spending time in his word, and we're like, man, I never knew this, this is exciting, that's going to push us to want to share with other people. But if this book is sitting on the shelf getting dusty, we're probably not going to talk about it. And so my, my question for us tonight, before we even jump into this, is that, that maybe you'd have to think to yourself, if, if you're not sharing this, then my question is, are you growing in it? If you're not sharing about your walk with God, are you growing in your walk with God? If God is working in your heart, if he's showing you new truths about himself, if he's teaching you, even if it's hard and painful at times, it can be so good. If God is moving and stirring in you, hopefully you would take that and say, man, I've got to tell someone about this because it is incredible. Because we truly believe that. It moves us to want to talk to others. But the beautiful thing about God and his word all throughout scripture is that he decides the way that he wants to talk to humanity, the way that he wants to deal with other people, the way he wants to proclaim his word is to use other people. Now God is incredible. He literally could have used any method. He literally could have used any way to communicate his truth and speak his word. I mean, he could have like gone to the trees. And, and, and interesting in Romans, it speaks that like creation actually shouts of God's glory. But he could have gone to like trees and been like, trees like at night when the wind blows, it's going like, to like, like tell verses. It's going to like read the Bible out loud. Like that'd be pretty dope. Or like, man, if you go to the water and like the waves are moving, he, he could have created so that, that the waves as they would like, the waves would come in and out, in and out, that it would like sing songs of praise. Instead, he decided to choose people. He decided to choose us to exercise influence on others and be able to share the message of him. He's giving people talents and skills and abilities to stand up here and play incredible music like we just experienced and worship the name of God. He decides to use people. And so it's interesting because as we look at God's word, we have to understand that it's not just God deciding to use it. He actually commands us and shows us and wants to use us. And so tonight I want us to look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, this is a passage where God is actually speaking and he's, he's encouraging and he's explaining the importance of us going and sharing his word. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15, it says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
That's pretty basic. That's what most of us have heard that before. We understand that. If you call on the name of Jesus, if you believe in him, if you trust in him, you will be saved. But verse 14 continues and says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching or proclaiming? Verse 15, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That last part really shrifts me up. I think feet are ugly. <laughs> I'm always like, mm, okay. They smell. I won't wear socks. But he's not talking specifically about feet. I mean, he's using a metaphor here. He's saying how beautiful are the feet of the person who brings good news because our goal, our job is to bring the good news, to share it with others. It's kind of like this cyclical thing. He says, how can someone call on him if they don't believe in him? How can they believe in him if they don't hear him? How can they hear about him if no one preaches? How can someone preach if they are not sent? One of the biggest calls that God gives us in Scripture is to go and share with other people, to go and share with others the good news, to go and share with others our story, our walk, and our relationship with him. And you see, for us, for most of us, we've kind of made this secondary thing like, oh, man, if, I'm, if I know enough about the Bible, if I'm having a good day, if my, my friends really press me, if I've gone to church that week, but God's like, no, you're, I'm asking you to share all the time. I want, you to, I want your job, I want your task to be to share my message with other people. And I know sometimes we get tripped up with like, well, what am I going to say? How am I going to talk to people? What am I going to tell them? One of the best advice that was ever given to me, the easiest way to remember this, whenever you want to tell someone about Jesus, is simply to start here with, with your life and your story. And you, you basically start out and say, hey, here's what my life looks like. Here's what my life consisted of. Here's what my life every single day was like. And then one day, I met Jesus. And you explain how you met Jesus, what that looks like, how that happened. And then you move on to what your life looks like after having met Jesus. It's as simple as that. And it, we think sometimes we have to be Bible scholars. You know, there's a story in the Bible, and it's one of my favorites. It's in, it's in John chapter 9, and it's, it's, I love it because it has to do with mud. And I feel like whenever I'm talking to the students, especially middle school students, you can talk about mud. You see, Jesus healed this dude who was blind with mud. Now, it actually says that he spit in the dirt in some of the, in some of the, the, the passages. And I'm, I'm always kind of curious, like, like in order to, to make mud with spit, you have to spit a good bit. And so I just kind of picture Jesus like, like and this is kind of gross, but, but Jesus hawking a loogie, okay? Like, like, just like, I'm saying like going into it, like, and spitting in the ground and making some mud, making some dirt, and then putting on the dude's face. But then the guy goes from being blind to being able to see. He washes it off, and obviously and it works. And then people go to him, and they're just kind of like confused, and they're like, dude, tell us about this story. Tell us about how this happened. They go to his parents to like double-check. Are you sure that your son was blind? Ma'am, do you have proof? Like, what do the doctors say? And they're like, listen, he, he's an adult. You need to just go talk to him. You need to ask him. And, and they go to the dude, and he's like, listen, I don't know the details. I don't know the specifics. And he's like, so like, you know, washing like mud away. He's like, here's what I know. I once was blind, but now I see. And he does that. He just shares his story. He comes here and he says, man, let me tell you about my life. You know, for me, it was simple. I love telling people this story. My parents were missionaries in Italy. We moved there when I was two years old. They planted churches. Like, I knew every single Bible answer. Like, it wasn't just Jesus every time. Sometimes it's Abraham. Sometimes it's Isaac. Sometimes it's Jacob. You got to know when. Sometimes it's Jesus. Sometimes it's Joseph. There's a difference between Noah and Moses. Like, I knew all the answers. I knew all the stuff to say. But I didn't have a relationship with God. And I remember when I was 16, 
I remember that, that I felt God kind of stirring in me saying, have you talked to other people? Have you talked to your friends about the message of the gospel? And I was like, no, I haven't. And so I started telling my friends at school, like, man, you need to love Jesus. Jesus will change your life. Jesus is incredible. Jesus is good. And they were looking at me, and they were like, dude, you're just like us. You see, I was a really bad student, and I used to cheat on tests all the time. Like, it was, like, normal. And, and part of it was the Italian culture. It was, like, a little more accepted. It was still wrong. It wasn't good. But it was just, like, like normal for me. And I would use language at school that I would not use anywhere else. And I would have thoughts, and I would, I would do things at school that, that, I, that would, I was so different from school than where I was everywhere else. And I realized that God was speaking to my heart and saying, man, if you want to preach my word, if you want to proclaim this message, you have to let it get a hold of your heart. And that's where, for the first time, I met Jesus. When I was 16 years old, I decided I want to start getting up early, and I want to start reading the Bible. And can I tell you something? <laughs> there was days that I missed. There was days that I had no clue what I was reading. There was days where I would read and reread chapters. There was days where I fell asleep with my face in the Bible. But I started to develop that relationship. I said, God, I want to know you. God, I need to pray. So I pulled out a little list. I pulled out a journal. I didn't know what to do. I started writing down prayer requests. And maybe I was naive or maybe I was bold. I wrote down prayer requests, and then I put date asked, date answered. I just expected God to do something, to answer those prayer requests. And so I started to pray, and every day I would, I would pray through the list. And sometimes I would, like, just felt lit, led to stop for a little bit longer. And, and through that process of praying and reading his word, praying and reading his word, God started to change my heart. And then afterwards, my life didn't, like, magically become better, but things changed in my life. I felt purpose. I felt meaning. I felt a calling to be in ministry, to use the gifts that God had given me to go and, and to share with other people, to influence other people. Man, dude, that, that's my story. And the beautiful thing is this, if I share my story with someone, no one can say, eh, wrong. That's my story. No one can say, no, you got the verse wrong. Well, well, I'm sorry. That was my story. No one can say, no, you're not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I'll be the first to tell you. That's my story. And God is asking us, he wants to use us to share it with other people. How will people call on him if they haven't believed in him? How will they believe in him if they haven't heard? How will they hear if someone doesn't tell them? How will someone tell them if someone doesn't go? God is asking each and every one of us to use our influence, the influence he has given us, our friendships, our circles, not like some crazy like 50 million followers on Instagram, but the friendships that you have, the families that you have, the, the coaches, the sports teams, the, the neighbors, to go and just love them, to tell them that you're praying for them, to tell them, man, I don't have all the answers, but let me tell you where I was, let me tell you what Jesus has done, and let me tell you where I'm going. And God is asking us to be influencers like that. When we start to do that, there's a difficult thing that happens. This, we'll, we'll look at Luke chapter 8. When we start to do that, when we start to share his message, this difficult thing happens, and, and that is that we get invested in his mission. We get excited about what he's doing. We get excited about what's going to happen with those people's hearts. When we start to share and talk to other people about Jesus changing our lives, guess what? We, we kind of feel like we want to be a part of that. We experience some of that. We, we want to be part of, we're like we're part of God's team. We want to we see the outcome. We get excited. We get amped up. And sometimes it doesn't always go as we have planned. And so Jesus tells a parable here. And we're going to read the first part of it, verse 4 to verse 8. And it says this, Luke 8, verse 4. It says, When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said to them in a parable. He said, A sower went out to sow his seed. And he sowed some, and some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, 
And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and it choked it. And some fell in the good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. Now, it's interesting because Jesus speaks in parables to make things more easily understandable. But sometimes Jesus' parables are not more easily understandable. Now, I always joke, I think if God were here now, if Jesus were walking on the earth now, he would write different kinds of stories. Like we would hear all kinds of analogies about our iPhones, and we'd hear all kinds of analogies about Fortnite, yes. And like we, it would just be different, okay? He would have different, different analogies and different language, and, and, and he would speak about different things. He would talk about sports and, and, and football, and it would just be different. But sometimes, even in their culture, people would, would hear him speak and they didn't understand what he was saying. And so this was one of the parables that gives us the explanation underneath. In verse 9, it says this, When the disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus is saying, listen, the reason I speak in parables is for some people to understand. He goes, my goal is not for everyone to hear and understand. My goal is for the people who want to understand, to understand. And so since the disciples have asked him, he explains it to them. Verse 11, he goes, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. He goes, when you hear this story and you hear about a sower spreading seed, about a farmer going and, and spreading seed to the land, you need to think of the word of God. For us, it's the whole Bible, the whole counsel of his word. Verse 12, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes, it away, takes away the word from their heart, so they may not believe and be saved. Verse 13, the ones on the rock are those who hear the word. They receive it with joy, but those have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of testing, they fall away. And as for those who fell among the thorns, well, those are the ones who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruits do not mature. And as for the ones in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And so Jesus goes through and he talks through these different types of soils. And the first one is the trampled soil. The trampled soil, or, or some would say like the, the hardened path. You see, I remember my grandparents' house. They, they live in this, this land with like a bunch of acres behind the back of their house. And my, my grandparents are from Ohio. So where they lived in Ohio, there was actually also Amish people. Like Amish people lived in their town. And in the back of my, my grandpa's land was this, this big giant field. And the Amish people would cut through his field to get over to, to the main road. And so they could go like one way or cut through across the other way. And they would cut through the field every single day. And they walked over the same path over and over and over and over again. They essentially were trampling the soil. And so Jesus speaks about the trampled soil. He says, if you come and throw seed on the trampled soil or the hardened soil or the, the hard dirt, he says, the seeds cannot take root. It's as if you go and you talk to someone and you're telling them and you're telling them and you're telling them and you're telling them and they're just not receiving it. Now, some people, we would say, have a hard heart. They're just not interested in hearing. They're not interested in what you have to say. They're not interested in the message of the gospel. And so we have to understand that some people, you're going to share as much as you want. You can tell them as much as many times as you would like. And the more that you tell them, the more you say, the more it's, it's trampled soil. They're not going to receive it. They're not going to hear it. And it says here in, in, in the explanation of this, it says that the devil came and, and sent the birds, the birds are the metaphor for the devil. He came and he picked away the seeds, and, and, and nothing happened there. And then he talks about the rocky soil. 
And this is the rocky soil where, where because of the rocks, the, the plants can't grow roots. They can't go deep. They can't find the moisture. They can't find the water, the sustenance, the nutrition they need. These are people who get super excited. It says that they receive the message with joy. They hear God's word with joy and excitement, but this doesn't last long because there is no root. They believe for a while, and when time of testing comes, when the tests come, let me say this again because we said we have a life before Jesus, we have Jesus, and we have a life after Jesus. In the life after Jesus, we are going to have difficult times. We're going to have testing. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have trials. We're going to have pruning. God is going to work in our lives through, through hard situations and circumstances, and we need to be able to grow from that. It's not always going to be easy. It says here that some people get so excited about the grace of God, the love of God. Oh, Jesus, you're awesome. And then something happens. Something difficult comes along. Life happens. And suddenly they're like, not so sure about this. I can't go to church now. I've got this going on. I can't do that. Man, I can't pray for this person. I've got my own problems. And suddenly they, the, the seed gets choked up. The next soil we have is, is the thorns. And here it says, verse 14, some of them fell among the thorns. And these are those who hear, but as they go along their way, they are choked up by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and the fruit does not mature. You see, guys, I think for a lot of people, we find ourselves in this ground, in the thorn ground. We've received the word of God. We've received the seeds, but there's thorns, there's distractions, there's things in the way, there's pleasures that won't allow us to mature in our faith. You see, we decided a long time ago, because God's message is accessible to everyone and anyone, we've tried to make it like that. We've tried to preach it like that. We've tried to say, man, God's word is open to anyone, and that is very true. But in doing that, sometimes we've lowered the bar of what it means to follow God. We say, all, all you have to do is, is come to church one time and pray. All you have to do is, is go join a small group, and you don't really have to talk or do anything. Just, just join one. Or all you have to do is, is come on a Sunday night, and, and don't worry about anything else. And, and just get your, your, your card punched that you were at church, that you were at Sunday school, or that you did this, and you, you went to an event. But the truth is that following God requires change. Following God means that we get on our hands and knees and we say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, however you want to work in me, even if it's painful, I'm willing to be changed. I'm willing for you to transform me. If we get caught up with the pleasures and the distractions and all the good stuff and, and everything else and we don't want to do the hard work of following him, then those seeds get choked up as well. So we have to make sure that we're working the ground. And that's the final one, the good soil. Verse 15 those who fall in good soil are those who, hearing the word, hold fast with an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. You see, I'm not a great farmer, but I do know this, that in order for seeds to take root is you have to work the ground. You have to work the ground. You have to work the ground. And you have to aerate it. And you have to, like, go at it. It's like hard work. It's backbreaking work. But when you do that, you're producing an environment for that seed to grow. But so what does all this have to do with us and the message? Well, first of all, we have to make sure that we're ready to receive it. But the truth is this. We said that God <clears throat> asks us to, to be a part of his mission, his, his mission. We said, how are they going to believe? How are they going to call on him if they haven't believed? How are they going to believe if they haven't heard? How are they going to hear if someone doesn't preach? And how are they going to preach if someone doesn't go? The truth is this, guys. It's your responsibility to go. It's your responsibility to go. God is asking you to go. God is asking you to proclaim his word. God is asking you to preach his word. God is asking you to share your story with other people. God has made it so clear all throughout the Bible that if you're following him, he wants you to be on mission with him. 
If you're following after him, he wants you to be a part of what he is doing in the world. If you want to be a follower of Christ, then part of your job description is to share it with other people. If God's working in you, then you've got to go. You've got to tell. You've got to share. You've got to spread the seed. And when we wrap our minds around that, we get excited. We get excited about what God is going to do. We get excited about how God is going to use us. We get excited about how we can influence other people, how we can influence the world for good, for his message, for his mission. But a lot of times we get frustrated. We get stopped up. We get caught up with the fact that people aren't listening, that the seeds are going on shallow ground, on rocky ground, ground, on, on trampled ground. We have to remember that it's God's It's in God's hands to change. It's our responsibility to go, but it's in in God's hands to change. The change that comes forth in other people, the change that that comes forth in in our friends, in our families, in our communities, happens through God. Our responsibility is to go. And so we've talked over and over again about being influencers, about sharing with others, about proclaiming to others. And tonight, as we wrap things up, my desire, my prayer is that we would learn and understand that if God is working in us, then we've got something to share with others. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to know all the books of the Bible by heart. We don't have to have 10 verses memorized. We simply have to share our story of what God is doing. I once was blind, but now I see. That can affect someone. That can encourage someone. Man, I used to have these negative thoughts about, about my, my view and my self-worth and, and who I was, and then God showed me, man, I'm, I'm made in his image. That can encourage someone. You might have these thoughts of, man, my, my, nobody wants me, no one's excited about me, or, or, or you may have these thoughts of, man, I, I, I don't know how to proclaim his word, but all you have to do is simply share what God is doing in your life. And if you're walking in a relationship with him, he's giving you what you need to share with others. And he's asking you, will you go? Will you be a part of my mission? Will you share my word with other people? And so tonight, how do we respond? I want you guys to close your eyes and bow your heads. We're going to sing this last song, and I just want you to pray to God. Just ask him. Confess to him. Go to him and say, God, how how am I doing well in this, or where can I improve in this? How can I go and proclaim for you? How can I share better the story that you've given me. Who do I need to talk to? Give me more influence, Father, that I may affect more people with the message that you have put in my heart. That I can see transformation happen in the lives of people that you have told me to love. Jesus, work tonight. Speak to our hearts. Move in us. Make us passionate by your word about your message. And help us, Father God, Father God, to go. Help us, Father, to move, to proclaim your word so that others may believe in you because they've heard it in you. They can call upon your name because we've gone and proclaimed your message. Jesus, if we're doing well in this, speak to our hearts, encourage us, confirm this to us, continue to put people in our way to speak to And Father God, if we've never tried this before, if we've never shared our story with anyone, then would you put someone in our path this week, this month, that we may be able to share what you are doing in our hearts. And as we share, Father God, that you help that seed to land 
on the good soil that people would receive from you and be transformed by their knowledge of you. We love you, Father. Amen.